Episode 253 of the Bev and James Hour Show. Are you really ready to invest in yourself? Radio team, welcome along to episode 253 of the Bevan James Isle Show, your fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness. Well, it's a Bevan show and it's literally three days out from Christmas here in 2022, no matter where you're listening to this, no matter what time in the future you're listening to this, it's three days out from when I'm recording this, so you're probably going to get this even after Christmas, but I'm just getting today's show done and today's show is going to be a Bevan show and and and. I'm going to say, I'm going to be really honest, I've done no prep. I've got ideas, I've got some things that I want to talk about, and it's more talking about stuff today, um, and normally I do some prep, and I actually had, yesterday I sat down for like half an hour and did some prep, I, like I sat down with what I want to talk about, I wrote out my plan, I did everything I needed to do, and then I sat down today, and, and a couple of things have happened recently that have kind of kind of hit a nerve with me, and, and the funny thing is, I'm pretty easy going, like... I think my wife, here's a funny story, so we went to the races a few years ago, it's funny, as a non-drinker, I can do anything with non-drinkers, the racing day is probably the one thing, racing day and bus trips, (laughs) probably, you know party bus trips that people have, those are the two things which... There's a point in those when it's, I don't know, they, I, they just don't work for me as a non-drinker, you know. Uh, but anyway, we went to race day, so we've only been once as a couple, uh, but we went to race day a few years ago, and it was crowded as a crap, and it was very hot, and there were some tables where there were some um, umbrellas over the top of them, and this area was absolutely packed. And uh, so we, our group, and we couldn't we couldn't get seats at the table, but no one, you know, they were pretty much the tables were taken. But the area was so packed, everyone was just kind of standing around tables, uh, so you were getting the shading. And I remember there was this lady, this old lady, who was a little bit drunk and very obnoxious and um, just was acting in, a, in, in quite an immature way. And I actually, I kind of I snapped at her. Like I kind of snapped at her and, and I, I can't remember what I said, but I kind of snapped at her and said something and um, and Joe was like, oh my God, I've never seen Bevan snap. <laughs> you know, like she's never seen me snap and it was such a shock moment for her. And, and um, so uh, that's the kind of person I am. I'm the kind of person who doesn't really ever snap um, and I don't really get built up about things. I'm not quite sure why that is. Uh, I just don't have that in me and, and I I think in some ways I'm lucky because I tend to find good perspectives pretty quickly. And it's, and the stuff I'm going to talk about today, I didn't get to that level of snapping, but just some things that trigger a little bit of a little bit of a build-up of a snap is probably a good way of thinking about it. So um, a couple of things that have happened recently which have been on my mind, and so I'm going to kind of address those in today's show. And yeah, You'll figure that out pretty quickly. And, and, and you know what? I might just get straight into the music straight away. And today's show might even be a little bit short just because I, you know, maybe I don't have a huge amount to talk about. And maybe I should have done the thing that I was going to do yesterday. But I kind of just wanted to kind of address these things. So, you know what? I'm going to talk straight about the patrons straight away. And then we'll get straight into the main gist of the show. So, one thing I do want to say is thank you to all the patrons of the podcast. Um, we're coming to the end of. Jeepers, I don't, I don't even know how many years I've done this show for, but over 10 years, uh, and the patron support is massive, and if you're someone who's listened to the show for a long time, and you've thought, I want to, I, I, you know, a lot of people, they go, I, I should do that someday, 
I really do appreciate the patron support. So if you want to become a patron, all you need to do is go to my website, bevanjamesisles.com. Click on podcast, click support show. And what you do is you just donate as little or as much money as you want each time I release an episode. And it really does help. And I've got to be honest, I don't have a huge amount of patrons in comparison to how many people actually listen to this podcast. So those who are patrons, and you know who you are, I just want to say a massive thank you for your support this year and throughout the whole time you've supported this show. So I want to say thank you to a few patrons in particular because I do this each month or each time I release a show. We've got Rachel DeBusk and she's got Walking on the Sunshine. We've got Anna Do It Dungy. Uh, we've got An- <coughs> excuse me, Amanda Super Duper Amazing Amanda Coleman Watson and Ali Brown float like a butterfly sting like a bee and then we've also got priscilla king love me tender when you become a patron you get a call bevan james i was show nickname so anyway i'm about to put on some music and let's get into the main gist of today's show so my local the biggest news site in new zealand is called stuff.co.nz and they approached me about hmm how long ago is this? Probably six weeks ago, with this concept of creating a fitness program that's designed for a race called Around the Bays. Now, Around the Bays is New Zealand's biggest fun run. I think they get about forty thousand people doing it. It's a, you know, it's kind of a every every kind of town or a lot of cities around the world have that yearly fun run. Uh, in Christchurch, where I live, we have a run called the City to Surf, uh, and the Around the Bays is the big fun run that happens in Auckland. And they approached me about six weeks ago to design a program for it. And I've designed a really cool program. It's got all the programming, but it's got these mentoring sessions, and it's got strength work, and it's got a motivation workshop. So I put a lot of time into creating this really cool program, and um, it's been really. It's been a really, it was pretty rushed because admittedly stuff, it was a last moment thing for them to put together. So the whole process has been pretty rushed, but they've been really good to work with. And we've, you know, the product's pretty much ready now and it's actually been a pretty kind of cool thing. Uh, now the program, it actually doesn't start till early next year, but you know, like it's all in place now and all the hard work's been done. And what was really interesting was, well, no, no. So with that, one of the advantages of doing this project with stuff is A, I'm building a relationship with a company that can potentially help me have better influence moving forward. And it's good for my name because basically in the last three or four weeks, they've been doing lots of articles on me. They had like basically think in the local newspaper, a whole page picture just of my face, which I don't know is a good thing or not, but you know, lots of people saw that. It was on the big websites. So and I've been in a few articles over this period of time. And I got a, I've been doing interviews with their reporters a little bit. And so um, I did an interview with their reporter uh, about one of their reporters about this concept of uh, the best tips for bringing exercise into your life in the new year. And let's be honest, this is an article that gets written pretty much on most health websites uh, every New Year's. And the the question was how do you the kind of the the basis of was you know you have this moment around New Year's in regards to um, New Year's is that moment in, in year where we reflect isn't it we often reflect but then you know six weeks later everyone's kind of back to normal no one's really created change and so the the kind of concept was how do you actually make sure that you take that moment of inspiration and put it to a place where you are actually 
have the change in the long term. And so I sat down, for, well, I had a, I was a phone interview, I did it for about, it was about a 45 minute interview and got asked lots of questions and, uh, you know, kind of just went through what I had to do and kind of gave the advice, you know, if you've listened to the show, it probably would have been a lot of the advice I've given on this show. And, you know, that was kind of the end of the interview. And then about three days later, I got an, an, a call from another reporter at Stuff and she was saying, there's some aspects of the interview that come, or at least the article, that come across as, I don't know if cringy is the right word, but a bit out of touch. And um, and one of the, what the main one was, I was quite hard on the fact that, well no, I wasn't hard on, so how do I put this? One thing that I'm a big believer in is you need to invest in good people if you want to create change. And when I was talking about this concept, this kind of concept of how do you actually be the person who implements the change, one of the biggest things I put forward was you need to invest in putting good people around you who have helped people like you. You know, you would have heard me talk about this on this podcast, this kind of concept of um, if you want to improve in your life, the, 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 you know, we, we, what we're trying to think about is what's the highest chance of success? You know, if if... if if you want to lose weight, what's the lowest chance of success? Well, the lowest chance of success is you do nothing. You just think, I want to lose weight. Lowest chance of success. Highest chance of success is you get a, a nutrition coach. You, you you get your family to support you. You make changes to your movement. You know, there's there's all these there's, there's ways we can create success and there's ways we can't. And so when I was talking about how people can be successful and bring exercise into their life, well, to me, one of the most important things you need to do is you need to invest in a great mentor or leader or fitness coach, you know, and, and ultimately in a fitness environment, you know, like ultimately in a community. I, 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 I fundamentally believe if you can get that, there's a much higher chance of success. And this lady was kind of came back to me. She said, well, the problem is, is, you know, it's tough times. It's tough financial times right now, and um, you know, recession, inflation, interest rates are going up. Uh, and she said that the article is coming across as a little bit deaf-eared because it's not considering the times that we're in. Now, I, I, I got a little bit defensive. So as we're talking on the phone, I got, I got, I got a little bit defensive, and I got, a, I was a little bit short with this lady. I was, I was probably, I hadn't actually met this lady before, and. Um, and, and she was coming from the right place, don't get me wrong, she was right, she was reading the article and she was like, uh, this feels a little bit out of touch, you know, because I get it, if you're, you know, I'm in a, in a position in life where financially I'm in a pretty good position, so if I want to create change, I can invest in finding the right people, um, and whereas maybe some people out there can't invest in that, and so she was kind of saying, well, maybe we can broaden the angle of it, but I was kind of, I, maybe I took offence to it, I'm not quite sure, maybe I was just frustrated, um, because people want change, but they don't want to invest in their change. Um, and so I was very short on the phone with her, and I, was, and I was maybe a little bit too abrupt. And so she said, well, can you can I email you some questions, and can you answer them? And so I kind of got off the phone, and then I felt kind of bad, because <laughs> I was a bit too abrupt. And I kind of sent her a message. I made a video in response to her questions, and I said, look, I'm sorry, uh, you just kind of had a note with me. And uh, some here's some answers. But... The note she hit to me was, or the nerve she touched, was people can't afford fitness. People can't afford health. Now, 
in fairness to her, I, like I think I responded poorly. I don't think she came from the wrong place. I think she just thought there needs to be a broadening of the advice you're giving because some people can't afford health. And I get it. And some people are also worried about money right now. And it's very fair. So in saying this, I I I get where she's coming from and I think she's coming from the right place and I think it makes the article a better article. So she was right. She just touched a nerve in me. But it's a nerve that's easy for me to touch because for some reason people don't want to invest in their health and fitness and so many people use the excuse of I can't afford it for their health and fitness and it kind of does my head in it it, kind of does my head in because if we go back to this kind of concept of what's the highest chance of success so let's say you're you know let's say you're right now like I guarantee if you're listening to this pretty much as I release this you're going to be heading into the new year period and new year period for most of us out there is a time of reflection and I know myself and my wife we're going camping and then we're going to spend three days in a hotel after camping and I actually want to sit down and do a real deep reflection period for that like a good two or three hours a day going deep into reflection and doing a plan for the next moment of my life like a real big deep goal setting period and um, so I know I'm going to use this time in a really powerful way and if you're, if you're going to do this period, at the end of it, there's this version of yourself you want to become. There's this, you know, here's where I am right now, and here's what I want to become. That's what that reflection does. It kind of helps us see where we want to come. And then ideally what we want to do is we want to create a, a pathway for, that takes me from where I am right now to where I want to get. And if we go back to that concept of what's the highest chance of success and you becoming that version of yourself that you want to be, well, the most highest, to me, the most important thing is, again, getting a great mentor and great leaders who can guide you along the way. And to me, most of the time, that's going to come with a financial investment. Like in my book, I think I did two sections on, you You know, you're going to have to spend money on this. Um now, sometimes you can get it free. Like in Christchurch, we have a thing called Green Prescription, which you can go to the doctor, and it's government-funded, and the doctor will prescribe you an exercise program. And the exercise program is provided in a way which um, is funded, so it's kind of free. And and I guarantee in your local area, there'll be some free fitness things. So like, you know, the park runs. The park runs are a great thing and, and all around the world nowadays. And what they are is a local 5K run pretty much every weekend all around the world. Um, it's, 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 it's just an event. It's not really the training program, but it's a free exercise thing. In my local park, we have a thing called PT in the Park, which is uh, a local personal trainer puts on free sessions every Saturday morning. It's a group training thing. They get lots of people there and it's, it's all good fun. So there are free solutions out there. But even then, free solutions, or maybe green prescription is probably pretty good, but a lot of the free solutions are an aspect of exercise, but not great mentoring. So like even PT in the park, the PT in the park is put on by a great PT, but it's just a session. You know, it's maybe not a deeper level of understanding and experience that it's going to teach you along the way. Um, And even like uh, the park runs, again, park runs are great things and they're really motivational and they're really accessible for all types of people but again it it is just a um it is just an event so with this in mind 
this kind of issue of getting people to spend money on their health is a nerve that's easy for for me to trigger. You know, it's an, and that's why I was probably pretty abrupt and rude to that lady on the phone. And why why is it easy for me to trigger? Well, let's 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 do a couple of things. First of all, are there people who can't afford health and fitness? Definitely, there definitely are. And for those people, they do need to look for those solutions where they can get some guidance in a free way. And I'll be honest, it's probably going to be harder for those people, um, but there will be solutions out there. And in a perfect world, you know, maybe one day in a perfect world, like I know I know one of the leaders at Fitness New Zealand, he talks about how um, if we can get the government funding more fitness, the, the it's been interesting, I can't remember the exact figures, but research is proving that kind of like, these aren't the figures, but something like this. If the government invests a dollar in fitness of the community, the health costs drops like about 80%. So they're kind of, it's almost like a for a dollar spent on fitness, the return is a $3 investment saved because it wouldn't cost you that in health. You know, so I'd love it if there was a future where actually, you know, government funding in a bigger way provided fitness solutions for everyone in our society. But when we think of finances realistically, it's probably only 10 to 15% of the population who, who couldn't invest in their health and fitness. Now, you may disagree with me, and maybe I am wrong. I haven't sat down and done the stats. But let's look at some fitness solutions. So let's look at, and, 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 and I, I, probably want to, I probably want to put a bit of a caveat in here, because there's some fitness solutions which probably aren't the greatest solutions. And, uh, and I don't want to pick on any kind of, well, I am going to pick on something here. Um, like your low-cost fit gyms. Your low-cost gyms probably aren't the greatest solution. Um, and why is that? Because ultimately what we want is mentorship. Ultimately, if we're going to the highest chance of success for me to create change, mentorship is one of the most greatest way to create that change. Mentorship by somebody who's helped someone like me achieve the goal that I want to achieve. Okay, so that again, mentorship from somebody who's achieved a goal like me to create the change I want to change. To me, that's the greatest investment. So, um, you know, like your low cost fitness gym, your $7 gym, what they do is they provide equipment. So for the seven dollar gym, you're gonna get you're gonna get a, you're gonna get a facility you can use, and there could be some really good facilities. Like in my local area, I think there's a gym called City Fitness. You know, for what you pay, it's seven bucks a week, it's a, it's a really good facility. Um, but you're just getting facility, and if you're trying to create change and make a permanent thing, especially if it's an area of your life where you're not that strong, just having equipment does not provide the solution. Secondly, people say apps, and and I think with apps, there's probably Yes and no with this. So I think if it's apps and it's just programming, um, I don't know how great they would be in creating permanent change. Uh, I, I haven't experienced a lot of work with apps. I haven't, I've never created an app. Um, and I don't really know the apps out there, so I can't be too critical of apps out there. Or, or I, I, I don't even be, just be critical. I don't have much awareness. So, um, But what I, you know, if you're someone who's trying to create change, just getting a program's probably not enough. Because, you know, again, if we go the highest percentage of change, what we want is we want um, a great mentor to stand beside us, to guide us. Now, so then you might be thinking, well, Bevan, but if I, if I want to create change and I need a mentor, a personal trainer is going to cost me 
$60 an hour, and I don't have $60 an hour, and maybe a gym membership, so it's 80 bucks a week. And I get it, for a lot of people, 80 bucks a week's a lot of money, and they can't afford that. But those aren't the only solutions, and I think this is the problem, is that when people think about getting mentorships, they only think as a personal trainer. So like, my business, my running business, my running business, we've trained nearly 5,000 people to run 5Ks. So if you want to run 5Ks, we're a really good fitness solution. And why are we a good fitness solution? Well, we give you the programming, but more importantly, we've got mentorships along the way. We give you weekly education, we give you coaches at every session, you're getting constant feedback, and it's not just on your technique, it's all the, all the, all the aspects of the journey you need to learn. Now, to become a member of our running group costs you $22 a week. $22 a week. Uh, the minimum wage in New Zealand is $21. So basically, for an hour of your effort a week, you could join my running business and have a massive impact on your health and fitness. Now, I don't know other fitness solutions out there, but I guarantee there are other fitness solutions out there that have mentorship level of service and, and it's probably going to be more in a group training environment because the good thing about a group training environment is for the business owner, they can touch more people with less coaches or mentors. So like in our group, we kind of, we work on a coach per kind of one to 30, sorry, to 20 to 30 people. But the way we do our sessions, they get lots of touch points. Everyone will always see a coach probably two to four times within a session. If you come to three sessions a week, you know, you're getting basically 12 to 15 touch points a week. So that's a lot of mentorship as you work through your period. So as we look at this, this, this offering here is for $22, I think we're about $22.50, maybe $23 a week for our, our yearly membership. That's basically one hour's work for the minimum wage. Can you really afford health and fitness? Now, I get it. Don't worry, I'm not living on the minimum wage. So that's the low end of the spectrum. So I'm just saying, but it's, it's, it's interesting when you put it in that light, isn't it? You know, that, and, and again, I'm not picking on people on minimum wage because I, I don't want to say out of touch here, as the lady who did the article said. If you're on the minimum wage, life is tough, especially if you've got a family, I get it, it's tough. And, and maybe for that person, they are still better to look for that free solution. But you kind of get my point, eh? Like, the minimum wage, a fitness solution like ours, which has great mentorships, which can re is proven to create change, is literally an, an hour of a minimum age week. Okay. People say, but I can't afford it. Well, the, the next question I always want to think about is, if you if you did a an honest assessment of your spending, is there wastage in your spending, or maybe not even wastage, just the way you spend your money, which shows that you don't prioritize your health. And if you were to prioritize your health, well, let's even just say that eight dollars. Now again, I, I I know spending talking about money is tough because some people are going to even you don't get it. My life is you know I own twenty five k a year and you know. $20 a week is a lot for me, so I get it, like, I get this, but then there's, there's people who will be listening to us who earn a million dollars a year, so there's, there's, there's a, this is a very broad spectrum of a conversation, so, but, uh, do you think if over a month, okay, let's just look at my solution, so let's just say you want to run, and it costs you a month to join my business, basically 100 bucks a month, do you think you waste $100 on things you don't even know, like, do you buy $100 worth of coffee in a month? Do you buy $100 worth of takeaway food? Do you spend 
$100 on fashion, on hobby, on alcohol. If you're saying right now that I can't afford health and fitness because I, you know, I'm a bit tight right now, but then you do a reflection on your spending, and you see that you're spending three hundred dollars a week on, a month on alcohol, and let's be honest, for a lot of people that's probably realistic. Like I don't know the average. Actually, I'm going to pause. I'm going to try to find. I'm going to be back in one second because I want to find out the average consumption of alcohol in New Zealand. Okay, so here we go. The average consumption of alcohol in New Zealand in 2021. The average Number of standard drinks available, drinking per person per day, was two standard drinks per person per day. And this is from people above 18. This has gone up a little bit recently. So I've kind of just done a basic assumption of two beers a day. Now, beer's probably more of the cheaper alcohol. Like I imagine if you drank wine, it's probably going to cost you more. Um, spirits, maybe more. I, I, to be honest, I don't drink, and I'm not judging drinking here. But if you're going to drink two beers a day, you, um, over a month, you're spending about 150 to $155 a day in New Zealand. Um, if you're drinking two beers a day and you say, I don't have money for health, well, really what you're saying is, I'm not willing to prioritize my health. And here's the thing. People are going to say, yeah, but I like my drink. It's my, you know, why, why do people drink? Oh, it's often an unwind. You know? um, now, I get there's lots of reasons why people drink, but a lot of people, it's just that it's how they unwind. I guarantee if you dropped your drinking bag and you only spent $50 a month, which is probably, you know, if it just, you know, it's basically what a third of what you're drinking right now. And you maybe put some limits around it where it's only on the weekend and you invested that in a product like my running business where you have great mentorships to guide you along the way, your life would be better and your stress releases would be better. Like, come on, we all know this. This is, this is bringing health and fitness into your life is such an important thing. But this money thing makes people allow themselves to go, I can't afford it, so I can't do it right now. And it, it, to me, it's just such a limiting way to stop yourself from being successful in such an important area of your life. And as I said at the beginning of today's show, you know, like there's no structure to what I'm doing here. I'm, I'm literally just kind of ranting. But to me... If you're listening to this right now, and I get it, this audience is probably an audience who kind of, um, you know, you're, you're, most of you are pretty bloody healthy anyway, let's be honest, but some of you might be. But if you're in an area of your life where you want to create change, and your excuse is, I can't afford it, let's do some honest assessment. Do some honest assessment. First honest assessment is um, assess your spending. You know, well, well, probably the best thing to go, so let's just say, and the kind of point I keep going back to is getting great mentors. You know, getting great mentors is, is probably the most important thing. So let's just say that's your one thing you're going to spend money on. Okay, so the first thing you want to do is you want to do some research on options for mentors. Now, there will be higher level of options, and, and you, you know, you could argue that, although I think group products are really great, but you could argue that spending, you know, $80 a week on a personal trainer is going to give you a higher chance than you know, go to group training product, which I kind of get, you might, might be true. Um, but you could look at the spectrum of options you have for the price points that you're willing to look at. So you could look at my group training product, which is, uh, you know, $22 a week for a yearly membership. You could look at, um, then you could scale up what would be the $40 thing. It might be, I don't know, like an F45 or something like that. You could look at a personal trainer, which might be something from 60 to $80 an hour. Um, so, you know, you, you could look at the spectrum of 
mentorship. And I do think it's really important that you are looking for mentorship, not just a fitness solution. Okay. And, and going back to app, I didn't really address the app thing. If you're going to choose an app, you want to look for an app that has more than just programming. And it wants to have a bit more of a mentorship aspect to it. Now, I, again, I don't know a lot about apps. I'm sure there's some really great apps out there. Um, you know, like I've got my product, My 5K Dream. My 5K Dream is a 5K running program, but each week I give you these videos which are mentoring sessions. And I like 20-minute mentoring sessions because I, I know I've got to teach you these lessons as you walk along the way. Or if you think of the course that goes on, to, on top of my book, I will make you passionate about exercise. It's basically 67 mentoring sessions. You know, like it's these mentoring sessions where each week I'm teaching you the key things you need to know on this journey of bringing exercise into your life. Now, there is some exercise workouts in that course, but it's actually just mentoring sessions from someone who, who's taught people like you. So I do think if you are looking at the apps, don't just look for apps to give you the what to do today. Look for apps that also have that more deeper level of mentorship along the way. But anyway, so we're looking for mentors. We're exploring the price points. So what options do I have for the different price points that, that are available to me? Then from there, where's my spending going? And doing a self-assessment on your spending is such an important thing to do. Um, I remember there's a guy, Dave Ramsey, who I always talk about, and he says, the greatest thing about doing a budget is you if you haven't been doing a budget and, you, and you know, you're unaware of your money, the day you do a budget, you get a pay rise. And you don't get a pay rise from your job, you get a pay rise because you realize you're wasting so much money. <laughs> like, you know, like when you do a budget, I guarantee if you don't budget right now, here's a little kind of summer challenge for you, do a budget. You know, I remember, I'll probably talk about this girl, this girl I, I mentor, and she is, she was hopeless of money, like hopeless, big earner, big earner, earns a lot of money, but hopeless of money, had credit cards up to her eyeball, debt up to her eyeball, earning big money, still didn't have her own home, you know, she was kind of maybe late 30s at this stage, um, you know, in a really terrible place of money, and she was actually working with me for health and fitness, but I was like, mate, we need to address your money because it's causing stress for you, and she tended to eat when she was stressed, and she was stressed because she was bad with money. Now, this girl has turned her life around in many ways, uh, but financially, she's absolutely blitzed it. She got rid of all her debt, she bought a house, she's now starting to invest, she's actually killing money, and the one thing I, we really focused on was a budgeting habit. Um, we literally just like each week you go to a budget meeting and she was like Bevan and at first she didn't want to do it and she felt resistance and I was like no no come on keep doing it and then it got to the point where she started doing it and she was like Bevan I feel rich because she realized she was wasting now she was wasting I don't know exact figures but let's say she was wasting hundreds of dollars a week on stuff that wasn't even that valuable to her like it was just wasteful um so for her, she just got this instant pay rise, which meant she was able to pay off her debt and then able to get to a point where she was able to save a deposit for her house and she bought her first home. So when we think about these things, the next point in the piece is do a budget. Do a budget. I guarantee if you do a budget, you'll be able to find $22 an hour or $22 a week You know that, that you are wasting on something that actually deep down doesn't add a lot of value is just a waste of money and you know that could be spent in a much wiser way now you may do a budget and you might realize cheapest crap is i've got a hundred bucks a week that i could easily invest in health and fitness and you may well go, you know what i am going to invest in that personal trainer and i am going to you know so on and so on um this will be really revolutionary for you now some people 
again, those at the lower ends of the spectrum who are on the bones of their ass, they may be doing a budget already and they may not have that money. And again, I'll go back to look for a solution where you've got mentors at a freer level. But for most of us, there's going to be a little bit of money aside that we can prioritize for our health and fitness. And then what we want to do is, is we want to commit that money. You know, we want to make sure we commit the money to, to the world we want to go towards. Now, I went back earlier. If we go back to earlier on today's show, and I was talking about this kind of idea of the highest chance of success. There's, there's many other aspects you need for the highest chance of success. But to me, one of the top kind of five, or maybe even the most important, is that getting great mentors beside you. To me, that's number one. And so as, as I talk about this, my, my deep reflection is, my, 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 the, the thing that frustrated me the most was that people use money as an excuse to not put health and fitness in their life. And the cost to their life is huge. You know, when you don't have health and fitness in your life, it's, it's a harder life. And there's going to be a cost long term. And you do tend to look for unhealthy ways to deal with life. Like, you know, and then if we contrast it, when you have health and fitness in your life, we go back to that beer analogy. You know, if you spend $160 a month on, elk, on, on your beers, if you dropped a third of your drinking and invested that in your health in a product like my product, you'd, it, you, your life would change massively. And the reward would be tenfold of what alcohol could give you. Now, I don't want to pick on alcohol here, but, you know, because there's many other areas. It can be just wasteful spending. It can be coffee. It can be eating out. It can be just, you know, hobbies. It can be just, you know, again, mindless spending. But the more the point is, you've got to invest. You've got to invest in yourself. Investing in yourself to me is one of the greatest spends in your life. Like Joe and I, and I've talked about this in the podcast in the past, we save money in our budget. Now, I am an anal budgeter, but we have a column called personal development. So Joe and I, we, 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 let's say we get $1,000 a week income, and we split that 1000 bucks into all these different columns. So we have our, we've got to save money for tax, we've got to put money aside for investing, we've got to put money aside for our house stuff, so food and power and internet and stuff like that. We put money aside for giving away, so for things like charity and gifts for friends and stuff. We have money for Joe and I, so if we want to go do stuff ourselves or buy things for ourselves, we have money for... If we go out for lunch, so we have what we call a love column. So if we want to do things together, this column pays for that. But we also have a personal development column. And we put money each week in our personal development column. And we put a good amount of our money into our personal development column. And what that money is there for is if I want to do a course, if I want to buy a book, if I want to pay for a mentor, personal development will pay for it. And to me, it is one of the most important investments I do in my life. Like I've always tried to be an investor with money in my life. But investing in myself is one of the greatest uses of my money that I could ever do. And by doing that, the return is tenfold. Because if I grow myself, then obviously I'm going to be have better human capital to, to be more impactful in my life. So my first point, my, my key point, and I know this has been a roundabout way to kind of getting here is, if you do your reflection over this period of time, the first question you want to ask yourself is, where do I want to change and what change do I want to create? The next question you want to think about is, what's my plan that gives me the highest chance of success? The next question is, is who are my mentors and what am I willing to invest in them? 
And then you can do that reflection around your budget, how much you can have to spend, what options you have available based on your spend. And then ultimately, probably probably the next thing is make sure you choose the greatest mentor. You know, do, do don't just choose the first person in front of you. Do your work and find a great mentor. But but ultimately, from there forward, invest. And and I, I guarantee, if you invest in a great mentor, and you you take on their advice and you do all the work, you're going to wake up, and you're going to be that person who you know, March April May, is actually applied the plan that most people don't apply at this time of year and so the nerve that got hit with me was people can't afford to put health and fitness into their life my perspective is is you can't afford not to invest in your health and fitness in your life and I get it there are some people who really are on the bones of their ass right now and I get it it's a scary time financially right now like you know interest rates in New Zealand are going up from like two and a half percent six months ago and they're looking like they're going to be nine or seven to nine percent in the next six months it's scary and, and budget has to be tightened but that doesn't mean you can't invest in your health and fitness it just means you've got to think about how you prioritize your life but I guarantee if you prioritize your life and you can find a solution with a good mentor around you you'll 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 manage your life in so many powerful ways there'll be so many benefits for you so that's my challenge to you if you are somebody who wants to create change invest in yourself there was a rant yeah. <laughs> you can tell it's interesting isn't it because I've often got the structure I work around when I do the Bevan shows but you can tell like, it's kind of I just went off today I just went off um, yeah yeah that, what does your spending tell you about what you prioritise in life what does your spending tell you about what you prioritise in life people say they prioritise things but if you look at your spending what do you prioritise in life um, interesting question, isn't it? I do want to talk about one other thing before I wrap up today's show. So, uh, in the interview, I, the interview I did with the original um, original reporter for that article, uh, she, she's a lovely lady, but she is someone who I've, she's interviewed me a couple of times, and I got the perspective. I've, I got the perspective that she's a little bit hard on herself, and I kind of asked her at the end of it. I said, "Are you hard on yourself?" And, and she's like, "I, I said to her." I get the feeling you're quite hard on yourself because I I've spoken to her a few times around exercise and you do get you, you know if you listen to someone well enough you kind of get some insight into that person and and she said yeah no I'm definitely too hard on myself but I actually think it's a good thing and it was interesting because my conversation with this lady you got the feeling that maybe it wasn't always a good thing I got the feeling that her being hard on herself actually sometimes led to inaction or made her feel bad about herself and I said well, what do you mean and she said well you know, at times, me being hard on myself means I actually get up and do the thing. Like, you know, being, being really hard on myself. And I said, yeah, but at times, does it hold you back? She said, yeah, it probably does hold me back at times as well because I can, you know, maybe feel I'm not progressing as much as I want to or I can, you know, you know, just it can just work against me. And, and it really got me thinking around, is being hard on yourself a good strategy for success? Is being hard on yourself a good strategy for success? And maybe I, as you're listening to this right now, what's your answer to that question? Is being hard on yourself a good strategy for success? And as I left my conversation with her, I thought long and hard about this because I think it's not a yes or no or, or black and white answer. I think the answer is 
sometimes being hard on yourself is a good strategy and sometimes it's not and I think what we've got to define is is what is success so to me if we're trying to let's just use exercise as the example so let's say you're doing a fitness program and you've got to do four sessions a week okay um and you miss a session and you're hard on yourself which means you do the next session now to me as long as you're not too vicious to yourself, but if it leads to action, I, I think maybe it is a good thing. I do think the harm probably does need to be considered. Like I, I've told the story many times of the lady who I was coaching one time and I went up to her and what are you saying to yourself right now? I said, what are you saying to yourself right now? And she said, you're a fat whore. Now, I don't think that level of being hard on yourself is healthy. I think if you're, if you're, being, if you're treating yourself in ways you would not treat other people, and being mean and vicious to yourself, I don't know if that, I don't, even if that does lead to action, I still don't think necessarily it's a good strategy. Um, but if it is just kind of doing a deep reflection and just coming, you know, giving yourself a slap around the face and saying, come on, I'll sharpen up, that, that to me is probably a healthy way to be hard on yourself. So I do think you've got to be thinking about healthy way to be hard. You know, again, if you're just, just picking on yourself, if you're treating yourself in ways you would never treat other people, I don't know if that's, that's healthy. But, Ultimately, what we're looking for is, does it lead toward action? So if it is, you know, like, you, you know, you give yourself a slap around the face, uh, metaphorically, or maybe even literally, and, um, but that leads to you doing the thing you need to do, well, then maybe that's, you know, that, that's a good outcome. That's a good time to be hard on yourself. But if you're hard on yourself in a way where it actually pushes you away from doing the exercise, well, that's not a good strategy. Like, and I think a lot of people think that works. They think just, you know, if I be hard on myself, it will make me get out there and do it. But they don't do it. Like the thing doesn't happen. And so I think what we've got to think about is this idea of is being hard on yourself good or bad? The answer is it depends. And what we've got to say is we've got to learn, and this is something we will learn, it's such an individual thing, but you've got to learn when for you is being hard on yourself a good strategy. When for you is being hard on yourself a good strategy. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you know that, you know, just give yourself a bit of, you know, a, bit of a, a fun uppercut when you've missed a training day and it gets you back to action, well, that's a good time to use it. Whereas if you know that being hard on yourself because you've eaten too much food, but it just emotionally beats yourself up and it means you don't go back to your diet plan, well, that's not a good time to do it. So first of all, define when it's good for you. When, when is being hard on myself good to me in a way that leads to action? And when it's not, there's a couple of things I want to address here. First of all, stop it. If it's not working, it's not a good strategy. And again, the thing we measure is, does it lead to action? So if it's not working, what you need to do is stop even trying to use it. Then what you want to try to do is you want to find a better strategy to deal with the moment you're dealing with. So let's just use that, you know, the diet one. Um, you're overweight, you're trying to lose weight, and you've got a plan, but you've missed two days and you've tried to be hard on yourself but it just makes, makes you get emotional you get emotional you eat more if you go down the wrong path so you realize this isn't actually a good strategy in this moment so if that's not a good strategy but i fall off my plan and i have these moments of inconsistency with my plan what's another strategy that i can try that maybe will make me more successful it might be something like my reset strategy. It might be um, using accountability. It might be, I don't know, that, that's your job is to learn and explore different strategies for this situation. And ultimately what you're trying to learn is what strategy leads to the action that I want to take. Now, 
over time, if you can have this approach of, first of all, understanding when hard is good and understanding when it's not, when it's not stopping being hard and exploring better strategies. And I guarantee, because you're, you're a smart person, you're an intelligent human being, I guarantee that if you can problem solve that in a wiser way, you'll develop strategies which go, okay, when I hit this moment, here's what I need to do. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do as we evolve through life. So this is, to me, is a better way to think about being hard on yourself. Being hard on yourself can be a great thing if it's done in the right way and it leads to action. Being hard on yourself can also be a suck thing. And when it's a suck thing that doesn't lead towards action, your job is to stop it. Think I need to find better strategies, explore new strategies. When you find strategies that lead towards action, you want to implement them and be consistent with them for the long term. So that's just a little kind of afterthought for today. Anyway, uh, great. One thing I want you to do is my book, I Will Make You Passionate About Exercise, passionateaboutexercise.com is out now and we are heading into new year and people are wanting to bring fitness into their life so if you even haven't bought the book or you know somebody who wants to get fitness into their life as they head into new year recommend my book it'd be really cool uh other than that thank you to my patrons if you want to become a patron go to bevanjamesisles.com uh, my website Bevan James Isles for all the things Bevan James Isles <laughs> my courses my book and so on and other than that that's pretty much me for 2023 I'll be back in the new year I'll probably have an interview for that one uh, thanks for listening to the show spread the word about the show put feedback in podcasts um, and yeah just spread the word when people say well, do you listen to podcasts say you know what I really like Bevan's show anyway have a wonderful beginning of the year I'll see you in 2023 and keep being you